I got a familiar set of songs here for you this morning, so I think you'll be able to uh, sing along well and uh, worship with us as usual. If you uh, have a testimony, anything to share, anything that God has done for you this week, feel free to uh, share that in between the songs. If you'd like to, please stand. Phil, can you lead us in a prayer to open the service, please? Father, thank you for being here and welcoming, giving us a, a welcome, each one of us, inviting us into your presence. Lord, it's your Holy Spirit that gathers your people together. Otherwise, it's just a dead work of formality and does nothing for us. So, Father, we come because we're invited, and we come boldly, confidently to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be glorified among us, speak to us through the songs we sing, through the children's class and lesson, and through Brother Eli as he shares the word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would minister to our hearts. Set the captives free. Open the eyes of the blind. The hands which are hanging down and the knees which are, are feeble, I pray you would strengthen them and lift up the hands, Lord. Father, I pray that if there are any among us that, that you're standing outside of our life, you would knock on our heart's door. Knock again, Lord, today. And you said, Lord, that you stand there knocking, and if any man will open up, you will come in and fellowship with them. Lord, I pray that you would fulfill the word of prophecy among us today of who you are and what you do for us as your people. If there are any sick among us, please come and heal us, Lord. If we are sick spiritually, and Lord, have become drunk with the world. I pray that you would sober us up and heal us and strengthen our spirits. If there are any among us, Lord, who are weak or who are faint-hearted, I pray that you would cheer us up. That you would give us encouragement and, and strength. And Lord, if there are any who are just not able to Not able to do anything, Lord. Just here. I pray, Lord, that you would take them by the hand. You would lead us forward. You would raise us up, just like you did the paralytic man. You would forgive their sins, Lord, and raise them up into newness of life. Bless us, Lord, as we glorify you and sing your praises with your presence. Thank you for being here and being our shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Great is thy faithfulness. Is there anyone here that doesn't know that song?
someone talk about God's faithfulness to you this week. Really? I have a long story, folks. <laughs> well, we might want to stick to shorter ones. <laughs> now, if you can condense it down. Let's take a minute to pray for Ron and his continued healing and also uh, lift up Angel and his uh, surgery that he'll be having with his eyes. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us. I thank you that even uh, when it doesn't feel like it, you're still there. You're still faithful. I thank you for your faithfulness in Ron's life and for uh, working in his life and, and doing a, a healing work after his experiences. I pray that you would continue to bring a full healing and strength to him. And for Angel, I pray, Father, that uh, as he anticipates this eye surgery, that you would uh, work in his body to bring healing and to bring him to the point where he can have this surgery and that it would go well. We lift it up to you, and I thank you for your faithfulness in these lives. Amen. couldn't get any more fitting than that.
us in due time, right? So just to, um, I don't know, great testimony that came some blessings from waiting upon the Lord. Um, and I, I'm not going to share right now, but just to encourage everybody, you know, when the guy goes to song, he's, he's, he's faithful. He's learned we just need to, it's, it's hard to get impatient and want to run off and do things, you know, but to wait on God, he, he for his timing, um, he would work it out so much better than we can. Amen. Thank you, Christopher. that uh, fits in well with the next song, the quietly waiting on God. There is that place of quiet rest, and that's in the heart of God. That was the wrong one. My finger was too fast.
saying these words to us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my load is light. So if you're here and you're heavy laden, as we sing, this is a place where we need God. Otherwise, we might as well just go home. But the Lord wants to meet with everyone. Just be free. It's an open mind. And be real. If the Lord is calling you, feel free to come up here as we sing. Kneel down and your hearts before the Lord and pray to him in your hearts aloud as you or however you see fit seeking to draw into that quiet place near to the heart of God come near to his heart this morning Father, we thank you that you invite us into that quiet place, that place away from the noise, the cares of this world, the stresses that we allow to come in our lives, the circumstances of life, but you stand there calling us into that quiet place. And we want to come this morning, Father. I thank you that that invitation is always open for us. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't have to be here in this church building or any other place in particular. You always have that door open to come into your quiet place. I pray that that would be a reality in our lives this morning, both now and throughout 
this week and the time going forward. We ask it in Jesus' name. Are you seeking this morning? We're all seeking in one form or another. But what have you found? Or what are you seeking for? Give that some thought as we sing this song.
We're just going to do one more here, and we'll be a wonderful Savior. How wonderful is he to you this morning? seated. And Maggie, do you have a story for the kids? Right, kids, come on up here. David, the youngest boy. 
Eight brothers standing in a row. The youngest boy at the end of the row is David. David and his brothers lived on a farm near a small town. David took a shepherd boy. David was a shepherd boy. He took care of his father's sheep. To to David's town came Samuel the prophet. The prophet invited all the people to a special feast. David's brothers were going to the feast. David's father was going to the feast. But the brothers said to David, You are too young to go. You stay home with the sheep. David took his harp under his arm and tucked his sling in his belt. He opened the gate to the sheep pen. Come sheep, come sheep, come lambs, he called. Black lamb and curly lamb walked on each side of David. David led the sheep to a green grassy place while the older sheep nibbled grass. Black sheep and curly sheep played jumping games and and bunting games with the other lambs. David played tunes on his harp and kept close watch of the other sheep. Black lamb began to wander away over a hill. David put down his harp and ran after him. He brought black lamb back to the flock. Then David saw a weed that would make the sheep sick if they ate it, so he pulled the weed and threw it away. A jackal sneaked around the rock towards the sheep. David stamped his foot, and the jackal ran. David took his sling from his belt. It was a long, long sling and his father made, that his father made for him from a strong brown leather. He put the smooth stone in the sling, and now, now what should he hit? A red rock? He tried. Around and around he swung the sling. Zing! The stone went ping and hit the red rock. David put another stone in his sling. He would aim at the round black hole in the tree. Around and around he swung the sling. Zing! It went straight into, into the round black hole in the tree. Then David heard a noise. It was a hopping, thumping noise, like a rabbit running through the grass. No, it wasn't a rabbit. It wasn't a pecking noise of a bird pecking on a tree. No. It was a snuffing, grunting noise, like a big animal prowling around. It was a bear, a fierce bear, and he was sneaking closer and closer to where the lambs were playing. The bear crept up behind a bush, ready to snatch Curly Lamb as she ran by. Quickly, David put a stone in his sling. He ran straight towards the bear, around and around and around. He swung the sling. Zing! went the stone. It hit fierce brown bear. The bear fell dead. David picked up the frightened little curly lamb and carried him in her, in his arms. Black lamb kept close by his side. Come, sheep, come, lambs, called David as he led them to a place where they would be safe. While the older sheep nibbled the new green grass, black lamb and curly lamb again played jumping games with the other lambs, and David played tunes on his harp. Now David was watching the sheep. Samuel the prophet made ready the feast. David's father was at the feast. David's brothers were at the feast. Before they sat down, the prophet said to David's father, Have your boys walk before me one by one. Today God will choose one of them to do something very special. David's oldest brother walked before the prophet. No, this is not the boy, said the prophet. The next oldest brother walked before the prophet. No, this is not the boy, said the prophet. And the next oldest brother walked by. The prophet shook his head. No, this is not the boy. One by one, David's brothers walked before the prophet, but each time the prophet said, No, this is not the boy. Then the prophet asked David's father, Have you no other boys? Only the youngest. He's herding the sheep. Send him. No, send and get him, said the prophet. 
David came running, his harp under his arm, his sling in his belt. His cheeks were red, the wind blew his hair. Walking before the prophet, David said, uh, David, walk before the prophet, David, said his father. David is walking before the prophet. This, This is the one, said the prophet. This is the boy God chooses. The prophet poured sweet smelling oil on David's head to show that he was the chosen one. Now we shall sit down and feast, said the prophet. The place was made for David, and he sat down with his father and brothers. Why had David been chosen? What would he do? No one knew. It was a secret. David's father didn't know. David's brothers didn't know. David didn't know. Only the prophet and God knew that someday David would be king, and David would be a good king as he was a good shepherd boy. All right. Thank you for that, Maggie. And uh, Ellie, come on up here. I don't think I really have uh, any announcements other than that we are not having a lunch following the service, and next week we'll be back to uh, our normal schedule. Book study Wednesday night at Phil's at what time? 6.30. We'll keep that in mind. Oh, it's good to have Ali back here. It's been a while since he's uh, really shared up here. So all those months away from us, it's good to have you back, brother. I'm glad, glad the Lord brought you back. And your whole family, actually. I mean, we, w- we wouldn't want to have just you here. <laughs> anyway, he's going to be sharing the word with us this morning, and we're... Uh, Glad for what the Lord is going to share through him. So let's pray. Thank you, God, for my brother Ali, and thank you for him and Christy and their family, and for bringing them back again to us after their time in in Mexico. And I just pray, Lord, a special blessing on their lives. I thank you that uh, you have chosen to speak your word through our brother this morning, and I pray that our hearts would be open to hear from you through our brother. So give him the words to speak, give him clarity of thought and mind, and just pour out your spirit on him this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, brother. Hello, Juan. Good? Good? Is it good? Is it? Yeah? Okay. Nice. Well, hello again, everybody. Um, Should should I introduce myself again or not? Well, I know it's been, you know, like, come on, guys, I'm short, but not that short. Oh, maybe I am. (laughs) It's the other one. Here? Do I look like this? It's good? So, I think it's been four months. Um, It's been a haircut, right? You can tell already. And a couple gray hair. I don't know why gray hair keep coming out of my beard. I just noticed that that happened in America. So, I'm wondering if America has something to do with it. And it's been like, like 12, 15 pounds, something like that. It's hard not to eat tacos, to be honest. You know, being in Mexico, in my town where... You see a taco everywhere, and you feel like God is calling you to eat tacos. So it's just, I obeyed, okay, and I ate a lot of tacos. So I want to start by, by saying that 
you have no idea how much we miss you this time. It was honestly, it was hard to be, you know, away. Um, my family in the church over there says hi to you. And they, they, they would love to meet you guys. They know the language is a challenge, but, you know, hugging and, and, and smiling is the same language. So they look forward to, to meeting all of you. Or hopefully you can come visit us over there. And then you can eat some tacos with us too. So I, I want to share with you, you know, by, by this time, I guess you already noticed that a, a lot of, of the things that I've shared with you are born while I teach or, yeah, teach my son the Bible before going to bed. Because sometimes he asks me questions and I'm like, wow, that's a good question. So I'm, 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 you know, teaching him or telling the stories of the Bible about when Jesus walked on the water. And that story is so common to us now that when I just told you that Jesus walked on the water, you were like, yeah, I know that story, right? Easy, easy peasy. But when I told him that Jesus walked on the water, he was like, he walked on the water. How is that even possible? And I'm, yeah, because he's God, right? And you know God, he's so powerful and he can do whatever he wants. He actually created the water, so he can do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, he's God. And then later in the story, do you remember who else walked in the water? Peter. And he's like, Papa, but Peter is not God. No, it's not. How did then... How did he, did, did he manage to walk on the water? Oh my goodness, that is a great question. So that's how this time was born. You know, I, I, start, I started to think about it and to talk about it with my wife too. So we, I came up with this. Oh, God gave me this, if I may say. Um, so we're going to read three parts of the Bible. Uh, and before that, I, I want to I give you a challenge. Before I start, I want to challenge you to listen to what I'm going to say. Okay, pay attention. It's going to take like 15 minutes. Listen to what I'm going to say. And if you see, find something that goes against the Bible, I'm going to ask you, please come talk to me. Okay, because I, I need to make sure that you as my siblings in Christ help me stay in line with what the Bible teaches us. Okay? So please, please do. Um, so we're going to go to John. Let's go, all of us, to John chapter 6. I found this story in three different places. And if you find, find it in another place, please let me know because I, I, I didn't. So I found it in John, um, Mark, and Matthew. We're going to go from John, Mark, and Matthew. All right? So... Before we start in the story, we need to know what happened before, right? Before Jesus was in the water, is when Jesus fed the 5,000. Okay? Just keep that in mind. So chapter 6 of John, verse 16. It says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Cap Capernaum. How do you say that, that word? Capernaum? Okay, you didn't say anything. Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. 
The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, I think that's a lot, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. Did you notice that? I just said, I just said Jesus walked on the, on the sea, and you were like, yeah, that, that, that's easy peasy for him. That's okay. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Okay, that, this is the first view that we have of this story. So for some reason, the disciples got into a boat and then started to go to Capernaum. And, and then suddenly Jesus approached them walking on the water. That is random. In case you didn't notice yet, that is very random. First of all, why? Why would you walk on water? Can you imagine if he flew instead of that? That, that was going to be an awesome story too. But okay, so that's what we have. That's, that's all we know so far. Let's, let's move, let's go to Mark, which happens to be chapter 6 too. I don't know if you know if John texted Mark saying like, hey, which chapter are you going to put the story of Jesus walking on the water? Chapter 6, okay, let's do that. I don't know, maybe. So chapter 6 of Mark. Um, remember, this is after Jesus fed the 5,000. So it says, chapter 6, sorry, verse 45. You there? Chapter 6, verse 45. It says, immediately he, talking about Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd. Okay, now we know why they got into a boat. Jesus told him, guys, go get into a boat and go to the other side. Because he wanted to say, you know, dismiss the, the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up. Uh, yeah, he went up on the mountains to pray. Huh, nice. Now we know why Jesus wasn't with them in the boat at that point. Right? Which, by the way, when I was telling my, my son this story, and I told him that he went to pray, and he was like, he went to pray to whom? Well, he went to pray to God. But isn't he God? And I was like, yes, he's God. So how can God pray to God then? And I'm like, you know why? You need to go to sleep, boy. It's late. No, just kidding. I was like, well, you know, God the Father... And he's got the son. And I guess it didn't make sense to him. It is, doesn't make sense to me either. But I'm like, well, you know what? Let's pray about it and see if we can get to understand this. Hopefully one day God will give me the wisdom to be able to maybe explain a little bit more about it. But to be honest with you right now, I can't. So you might not hear that story from me, right? How, how to explain that God is the son and the father and, and the spirit. I'm sorry, guys. I cannot explain that right now. So, but I'm just saying. So, he went to the mountain to pray. Which, by the way, I, I feel like just this part is so special. There was something for Jesus about spending time with his father in prayer. I think we can learn a lot from that. So, verse 47. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone alone. 
on the land. And he saw that they were making headway, headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, which I have a little number here that says that that is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. I mean, that is super either late at night or early in the morning, however you want to see it. Right? So I guess it was super dark at that point. About the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Very interesting. He meant to pass by them. What do you mean? He meant to pass by them? So he was going to say like, hey guys, how's it going? I'll see you over there walking. Or, or he was trying to be like, I'm going to go to the other side until they don't see me. I don't know. I don't know. But he, he was trying to get over there too. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. No kidding. Can you imagine if we saw that right now? Ooh. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Now, let me tell you this. We're talking about the disciples. Okay? Do you remember that Andrew and Peter and where the other one? John and James, thank you, my friend. They were fishermen. Okay? They were tough guys. I mean, these guys, they knew how to be in a boat. Okay? They knew how to go. I mean, I'm guessing they were like pretty strong guys. Tough people. They've been in storms. Okay? I don't know about you, but I get in a boat and two minutes later, I'm like... I don't know if you call it boat sick or car sick or just sick, but you get sick. I get sick anyways. Okay, and these guys, I'm guessing they were like fine, you know, to go with, with the waves and stuff. I'm guessing, I don't know. But I can tell these guys are tough guys, especially in the sea. That's their business. They live out of it. Okay, so they are there. And they are terrified. Why? Of course, because they saw something walking on the water or somebody. Okay, and Jesus told them. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them. And the wind ceased. Hmm, coincidence. And they were utterly astounded. Is that a word? Astounded. What does that mean, by the way? Is it like, like surprised, super impressed or something? Yeah, no kidding. For they did not understand about the, lo- the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. I mean, come on, guys. You just saw Jesus walking on the water and you're still thinking on the bread. How did he, how did he feed, you know, like all this 5,000 people? Anyways, now let's move to Matthew. Matthew didn't like the idea of putting it in chapter 6, so he went for chapter 14. So, chapter 14 of Matthew. So Jesus, again, fed the 5,000. Now, I'm going to slow down a little bit here and tell you a little bit of the background of this story to you. <clears throat> Immediately, sorry, for, uh, chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. We already knew that part, right? After that, he told them, guys, go to the other side. I'm going to say bye to these brothers and sisters here. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the, on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, 
beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Check this out. There is a storm going on here, right? It's an uncomfortable place, all right? And all of them are there. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And now, guys, check this out. And Peter, we didn't hear this part in the other two sides of the story, right? I mean, on the, the other two um, versions. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Let me say that again. Peter, who's not God, answered Jesus when Jesus said, Hey, easy peasy, don't worry, it's me. It's me. Come down. Take heart. Do not be afraid. It's me. Okay? Peter said, God, if it is you, command me to come to you. I'm going to have to make a pause over here and explain a little bit about Peter. So, if you, if you go to the, all the chapters before the 14, you know, in Matthew, and, and before 6 in, in Mark, and also in John, you're going to find out that Peter was a fisherman, right? And that God, Jesus called him, hey, follow me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a, a fisher of man, or is that what we call it? Fisherman of man, I don't know. Um, so, but also you will notice that by this point when they are, when, in this situation, when Jesus walks on the water, Peter already saw a bunch of miracles. Actually, he himself went to preach the word of Jesus to other people. You need to go find it by yourself. Okay? So by this point, Peter has seen Jesus healing guys with a problem in their hands. People that couldn't walk, he saw Jesus healing them. People that couldn't talk or hear or see. I mean, Jesus already experienced a lot, sorry. Peter already experienced a lot with Jesus. Okay? So far, so good? All right. Now, when he gets to this point, first of all, Jesus is telling him, Peter, well, not specifically Peter, but all of you guys, it's me. Don't be afraid. It's me. But Peter, I, I, I'm saying this because this is part of something that I, maybe you can help me understand this. Why did Peter tell him, first of all, he called him Lord, so we, we, which Peter is saying, you are the one, and I put myself under your authority. Lord, if it is you, why don't, what do you mean if it is you? He just told you that it's him. Why are you saying if it is you? Is he like doubting? Or is he like trying to challenge him or do something about it? I don't know. But he's saying, God, if, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. What? First of all, why? Why would you ask that? Can you imagine the other guy? I, 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 I don't know how big the boat was, to be honest. I don't know what they were doing, you know, if they were holding hands, or if they were trying to grab a piece of the boat so they wouldn't fall out of it. I don't know. But can you imagine when he said that? First of all, remember that there is a storm. 
So I'm guessing it wasn't like, Jesus, hey, Lord, if it is you. I don't think it was like that. It was like, Lord, if it is you. I mean, everybody heard this. Everybody heard this. Can you imagine John and Andrew and everybody was like, are you out of your mind? That is one of the most craziest requests that somebody can make to walk on the water. Guys, listen to what I'm saying. A guy, a, a human like you and I is wanting to walk on the water. What would you say? What would you think if suddenly I, I come here to you and I told them, guys, I, I tried to walk on the water the other day in the lake. I hope you laugh. That, because that is ridiculous. That's funny. That is, no. Why? Because there is one law that is called gravity. And gravity rules not only this world, it rules all the universe. And all the galaxies are ruled by this law. The law of gravity. And you cannot go against it. And maybe you say, hey, a helicopter and an airplane. Well, yeah, they can break the, the law for a little bit, right? But humanly speaking, it is impossible to break that law. The law of gravity. We are all ruled by that law, gravity. So far, so good. You following me? So, not only that, when Peter requested this... Jesus, guys, this is the part when you're watching a movie, right? And then everything slows down. And then everything is like, I'm imagining this, slow motion. And that's when you go to the very edge of your city, like, is he going to do it? Even though you know he's going to do it because it's a movie, right? But he's like, he's going to do it. And then the music changes. Boom, boom, boom. Right? And in a movie, probably, Jesus would do like, in the name of Jesus, no, that's me. In my own name, I don't know, right? We will think like, because of the power that I have. He doesn't do that. He says one single word. Come. I love it. I love that it's just one word. Because he's the one that has the authority. He's the one that created the gravity. He's the one that can just say, come. And breaks all the rules that govern and control the universe. Can you imagine all the Greek, uh, how do you call it, philosophers? I mean, all these guys, I don't know, Copernicum and all those, you know, I don't remember the names of them. Newton and all these guys, poor guys making numbers like, how is it possible that he walk on the water? That is impossible. It is impossible. It doesn't make sense to our minds that he walked on the water. But you have the creator of everything over there telling him, Come. And you know what's next? Let's go read it. It's so crazy. It's so exciting. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Guys, we should be... I mean, this is the point in, in a movie in which you are like, Yes! Yes! He's doing it! We should all be jumping around. It's like, it's impossible. What are we hearing this? A guy like me walking on the water. You can tell I'm excited, right? Because when I was reading this, I was like, yay! He walked on the water. He overcame the rules and the laws that control us. 
he started to walk on the water. Guys, this is crazy. There are waves, there is wind, and probably thunder. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on. And he started to walk on the water. I don't know if he was like as easy as going like this, or if he was like that. You know, but he's, he's going like Jesus, going like this. Now, can you imagine all the, all the disciples or the other guys? I mean, they jaw dropped, I don't know how, like this big with their mouth. Like, what in the world is this? This is crazy. How is this even possible, man? It's amazing. And when he's walking on the water, he saw the wind. Oh my goodness, he saw the wind. And he was afraid. Peter, you were already there, my friend. You were already doing it. He got afraid of the wind. And he was afraid. And guess what? And beginning to sink. Yeah, the love of gravity came back. He told them, hey, where are you going, my dear? You're not supposed to do that. He started to sink. But he did something very important. He cried out to Jesus. And he told him, Lord, save me. Isn't it that crazy? He was already, let's think about it. He was already walking on the water. I mean, you are already there, bro. You are already there. Why did you look at the wind? Why did you get scared? But he cried out. Lord, save me. This is the part that makes me cry. Ah, I didn't want to cry. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took, took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Peter, bro, you were already doing it. You were already walking away. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So God, Jesus, you know, helped them, brought them over here. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just imagine him with, you know, with a tender heart saying like, bro, why did you, why did you doubt? You were already going over here. And those in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Not joke. He is the Son of God. I told you it was going to be 15 minutes. I'm almost done. So, I, wanna, I want to share with you what I, what I got out of this story. And, and the reason why I, de, you know, I decided or, yeah, to share this with you is because I've been so blessed by this story and what I understood out of it. And maybe, again, if you're understanding something else, please do share it with me or someone else if, if it is blessing you. And allow me, please, to talk to you like this, this time, just because of the story. I want to tell you something. In this story, <clears throat> guys, in this story, you are Peter. You are Peter. And you've seen a lot of Jesus. You have experienced Jesus 
in so many ways. You have walked with Him. You have seen Him healed hearts, your own heart, people. You know who He is. You are Peter. And He's called you, he, and He told you, Come. I want you to start walking on that thing that can actually kill you, the water. I want you to start walking and overcome what rules this world. Walk over sin. Walk over this world. Walk over the flesh. You do know that Peter cannot, I mean, he couldn't do it by himself. It had to be Jesus, the one that called him. And of course, I hope we all understand that he managed to walk on water, not because of Peter, but because of Jesus. He was there telling him, come and walk. And you started to walk. Or I don't know in which stage of your life you are at. But if you are walking on the water, first of all, I want you to realize a couple of things. First one, you are walking over the water. On the water, you're breaking the rules, not because of you, but because of Jesus, because he has given you that power. Sin does not have more power on you anymore. It does not rule your life because God has called you to walk over it. It doesn't control you. And you're following him, okay? But if... If at some point of your walk, you started to look at the wind, you started to look at the storm and the waves, and you felt, you felt uncomfortable, you then started to feel like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, here we go again, the flesh, the sin, the desires of your heart sometimes that you know are wrong. If you've started to sink, if the world and sin and the flesh and everything that separates us from God, from that relationship, has started to affect you, don't get discouraged. Cry out. That's what Peter did. Did you notice that he wasn't like, oh no, I'm starting to sink? Give me a second, Jesus. I'm going to go back to make a straight and to be a good guy. So then I can call you again and, and tell me, please tell me again to come. No. Right there in that moment of distress and being hard. I don't know if the water got to his head. I don't know. But he cried out to God. And now the best part of it is that Jesus, he wasn't like, shame on you. Why did you doubt? I don't even, you know, go back, go back. I don't want you here. It wasn't like that. It was like, Peter, come here, my friend. Why did you die, bro? Let me give you, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just imagining how it was. With a good turn, with love. Come. I'm not going to spank you because you saw the wind or you paid attention to something else than me. I know you're a human and you make mistakes. 
But I'm here with you. You can do it because of me. Let me help you. Come. And now, I don't know if you noticed, but it says after that that they went back to the boat. Peter didn't sink again anymore because he was with Jesus. Guys, that is you. You are Peter. And again, I don't know in which stage of your life you're at, at, if you have a relationship with Jesus or not. If you don't, God is, is telling you, come. Let's have a relationship, you and I. And I will show you how you can walk on water. And if you are already in a relationship with the Lord, and you've been walking with Jesus, and you've noticed that you suddenly starting to sink, and you were like, hold on. I wasn't, this thing didn't have any effect on me anymore. I mean, but why am I going again in this position? Go back to Him and cry out. He will give you his hands and take you out of it. Have trust in him that he will bring you back and take you out of the, of the water if you're sinking. And be confident that you can actually walk on water. Not because of you. Because we're just simple mortals, humans. But he's not. He's a special guy. He's the one that created everything. He, he, can, he can break the rules of gravity. I want to encourage you to trust and to believe this. I discovered, you know, I started to do some research about this story because it's fascinating, honestly. I mean, again, when you think about it, somebody walking on the water, that, that is impossible. 100% impossible. And there are so many... I, Thousands, maybe millions of teachings about this. And some of them say that it's not true. You know, that it's just a, an idea. And some of them say like, yeah, I believe that if it is here, it's true. Right? If, the, if it is in the Bible, God allowed that for some reason, for a reason. I want you to notice Jesus' Jesus's attitude towards Peter. He wasn't condemning him. He was helping him. Come here. Let's walk together. Listen to this. Jesus is not condemning you. You're not condemned. He's not condemning you. He wants to take you out of it. Trust his hand. And once you're out, you're going to walk with him back to the boat and go to the land. So that's my, that's my encouragement to you today and my challenge. Enjoy, well, and yeah, enjoy the process. I, I, meant to say, I meant to say trust this and, and start walking. Take one step and then the next step and then the next step. And make sure you, just, you keep paying attention to Jesus. But if at some point you lose track of him, cry out. He's going to go find you and get you out of it. Don't give up. Don't give up. And that's it. I just wanted to share that story with you because it, I've been so blessed by it, you know, because... Um, Last Sunday, we took a trip, my wife and my family and I. 
and um, we went to a church. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> it's going to be like, at least you should not be preaching over there because what I'm going to tell you, but I actually didn't want to go in. I didn't want to go inside. I was having such a hard time. Such a hard time. And finally, you know, I'm, I'm there like, this is ridiculous. And finally, I went like, you know what, I'm going to go in. So I did. And, and it... I felt like I felt like I was gonna be condemned, right? And I was gonna be judged from God because I didn't want to go in. <laughs> but I, I received the the opposite. I received him giving me his hand saying, Why did, what are you afraid of? Why did you doubt my friend? Let me give you a hug and come here. We're good. We're good. I love you. I forgive you, we're good. It was such a blessing to attend that service. Um, I can actually tell you what it was about. You know, you know, sometimes you forget the next day what the preaching was about. I can actually tell you what it was about. I was so blessed. I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. <laughs> but it's just, you know, a simple example. And maybe you have some examples too. So they just, just want to encourage you to keep trusting. And realize that you're walking on water. That is, that is impressive. That is impressive. Father, we thank you for, for this time. Um, thank you for allowing us to get to know you more and, and for this story and that we can understand how much you love us. And that we are actually, if we are in you, this world in the flesh and sin does not have power on us anymore. Thank you for not condemning us, but actually giving us an opportunity to, to be transformed by you. God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters this day. And I pray that you bless them all and help them understand and realize what kind of life and walk they are having in their lives. And if they start to sing at some point, that they are, you know, ready to ask for help and cry out to you. Thank you, God, for, for your love. Thank you for your word. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's good to be back. Um, we'll see you around. Thanks, Brother Lee, for sharing that word. Uh, I'm glad, so glad you brought out the in the uh, the spiritual side of that. And you were exactly my thoughts were too. You know how the law of gravity, the law of sin, how it pulled us down, and how God just right there with Peter. And I was thinking the the whole time as you were sharing that, how we're Peters, and you know, and it just. Uh, so grateful the way you brought that all out and yeah just through that whole thing and thinking through the over the service how the song service and you know the faithfulness of God and brother asked me what what I learned this week he said it was educational for him and for me it was like 
trust. Right now, kind of things in my, my line of work, things are a little bit wavy, a little bit on the rocky side. And it's just, uh, again, where we're Peter, we have to trust. And, uh, and it's so true how God, he didn't condemn Peter, you know, but he was right there to pick him up. And so, um, and it, it, isn't it interesting, though? Like he was sharing, he was like, come on, you were just trusting me, you know? But then so many times we just kind of cruising along, and I'm like, boat starts rocking, you know? And we just pretty soon we realize, like, whoa. <laughs> and it's, it's really true test for us is where, where is your faith in God? But he is a faithful God. He's always there. I'm just going to open it very briefly. I know sometimes we don't do this, but we have a little bit of time. If someone else has something you'd like to share, uh, something on your heart. I have a word to say sure. to that. I just want to bless you for that word, um, Christopher. Uh, what came to my heart, too, as you were sharing, Eli, was that Peter wasn't offended when Jesus called his faith little. Peter could have went, are you kidding me? What about those 11 guys who didn't even get out of the boat? Right? They had little faith. My faith was way better than them. I walked on the water. But Jesus said, no, you just had little tiny faith. It, but Peter is like, okay, Lord. Like he was just, when he cried out, he, he, Jesus saved him and he had this experience with him. You don't find Peter comparing himself with the other 11 who didn't even get out of the boat. He was okay that Jesus called his faith just a little. And that really spoke to me because so many times in, in my Peter experience with Jesus, you know, Peter got to experience something with Jesus that no one else in the world ever, ever, ever did in the history of the world since man was created. Never did a man walk on water except for this one man. Peter. Why? Because he had faith. But Jesus looked at that faith and said, it's just real small. You shouldn't have doubted. It's like he rebuked the faith that Peter had. And Peter was okay with that. Because Peter realized he should have had more faith. It was this personal experience with Jesus and he didn't compare himself with anybody else. And the Lord really spoke that to my heart. You know, when the Lord does a miracle in your life and in my life, and he causes us to do, you know, our audacity, our boldness, our faith is like, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. And I jump out of the boat and I walk to him. And, and then Jesus rebukes my faith because it becomes a, an experience of victory and yet failure. <laughs> That's where Peter was humble and received Jesus' rebuke. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, we have the story today. I'm convinced that's why we have the story and why the story encourages us in so many ways. And the Lord wants to do that with every one of us, make our life an encouragement to others. But I find that this is true every time that the Lord does something powerfully in my life. And it's... If I, if I were to look around, it's more than what I can see anywhere else. Right? But the Lord rebukes me and says, 
Why did you doubt? And if I receive that from the Lord, it becomes this experience with Jesus that is both a miracle and humbling at the same time. And then he, he, the only one who got any glory in the boat was Jesus. When they got in the boat, no one cheered for Peter. No, none of the disciples said, Peter, wow! Nobody. They said, now we know you, Jesus, are the Son of God. Thanks, Phil. As you were sharing that, uh, one other thing that hit me about Peter is, they always say there's always that one in that crowd. And uh, is sometimes if it's a Peter, do we have the boldness to get out in the water sometime? So many times, you know, we just want to fit in with the crowd type of thing. And I was just thinking as you were sharing that is the boldness that Peter really had in that. But then how that encouraged and what came out of that when they came back into the boat, what did they do? Like Phil said, they worshipped him. They seen what God had done, that he was the Lord. So that's another thing that just challenged me is, do I have the boldness of Peter? Sometimes we look like a, like, what are you doing? You know, come on, you know. But anyway, you got something, Steve? Yeah, I've been reading some books. Uh, it's interesting um, that talks about affliction as well. And despite circumstances and situations, uh, it shows uh, God's miracle power. Uh, one is on, uh, well, the, uh, and he spoke here too. His name is Russell Stendell. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, he wrote a book, Rescue the Captives. But he was in captivity. He, he, he was kidnapped. But he has a second book called Rescue the Captives. And he went back there after a while to witness to the gorillas and whoever else. But there's, uh, in this chapter 41, uh, it, 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 he started out with, it says, Adam and Eve didn't get into trouble just over the knowledge of evil. It was the knowledge of good and evil. And then he goes down and he says, uh, so if we're doing something that we think is good and wonderful, and if it isn't of faith, if it doesn't have to do with relationship and dependence on God and on the life of Jesus Christ, it is sin. He had to learn that uh, in his first book and also in this one, too. Uh, and it, it showed how despite the afflictions and everything that he had or even looking at our lives in the past, what we have that God came through and hopefully we learn Sometimes we've got to do it again. But anyway, that God is faithful. And if we can keep our eyes on the Lord, focus on him, I'm preaching to myself too, is that uh, we would see clear. Peter, he's a good example for me. He was presumptuous, but he had faith. And another scripture came to mind that... Um, it says, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, so 
Jesus was saying, hey, your faith needs to grow, but I still see you do have faith. And so that's what we need to focus on, our dependence on God, faith in God, and depends what the afflictions we have because it's going to get worse in the future. And that's why we need to focus on Christ. Thank you. And that's the truth. Many times through our trials and stuff is when God really puts us to the test and it's when we grow, you know, it's when we exercise our muscles. So thanks again for coming. Uh, like it was said earlier, uh, we do not have a lunch uh, cure for the uh, noon meal. So uh, hope you have a, a blessed afternoon and a great week. So with that being said, um, why don't we all stand and we ask the, uh, the benediction. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, it was just so clear again this morning that you are the Lord. And Lord, how you show to us you're a faithful God. And that you care about us and you don't condemn us. Thank you for each one that's here this morning. I just pray you bless each one of them. And Lord, as we depart from here, Lord, that we can be that Peter for you this week. And Lord, we can be bold and we can put our get out of the boat and be able to walk in the water. And Lord, help us to be focused on you. Times are rocky and have waves coming. This and that, but Lord, you are there to pick us up. Amen. Just pray for uh, John and Sarah today, Lord, as they're in Tennessee. I just can pray that you continue to be with Sarah, continue to heal her body, Father, and be with the doctors. And Lord, give them um, direction and knowing how to treat her body. And most of all, Lord, we just trust in you that you will do that healing for her. And I just pray for others that aren't here that might be sick. Lord, I just pray for healing and grant them, um, just give them the strength that they need. And Lord, we just thank you for being here in our midst. And Lord, um, just pray you keep your angels over each one of us. And Lord, that we can be um, your disciples. Lord, just thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Smith.